Okay, welcome to the first episode of Shelby Say What. I'm Shelby. I'm Jarrett. And this is Shelby Say What. I'm so nervous, but I'm excited to dive in. You've been wanting to do this for a long time, so we made it happen, Yeah. and there's been so much that's been going on this week. Yeah. I feel like now is a good time to start the podcast, because we do have so much to talk about. Yeah. Um, between, like, the <sighs> magazine cover, and then, like... Life in general. Life in general. It's been really It's going to be a fun couple weeks, couple podcasts coming up, really busy stuff. And I think the biggest thing is you had your Seattle Met feature this week. I know. That was exciting. How cool. It's just a little surreal. Does it feel a little bit like... Uh, obviously, yeah. Obviously, like we knew it was going to happen. So like behind the scenes, you guys... I got an email back in what, November? Yeah. Yeah, I got an email in November from Zoe. Zoe's the one who uh, wrote and published the article. And um, at first when I got the email, I was like so excited because this has been one of my biggest dreams is to be featured in a magazine and not only a magazine, like a local magazine. I've lived in Seattle my entire life and just like having that local presence was super important to me. So when she reached out, I literally freaked out. I forwarded the email to Jared. I just like started screaming from downstairs. And one thing I've learned is like with media, everything happens really, really fast. So like from the time that she emailed me to the day of the interview, she actually came to our house for about a two hour interview. Um, that was like only what, like seven days. Like it all came together really, really yeah. quickly. And then from there, after she interviewed me, they're like, great, now we're gonna set up a whole photo shoot. And like, I think that's when it clicked like, oh, this is like an article fully on me. Like they want this to be this big production. Like what did they call it? The what's that cover thing called the white spread yeah they called it a spread. spread i was like what is that Jarrett? well i think it is like you go back to the like the feature and the photos it's like oh we're like coordinating we're talking about deadlines it's like okay in the middle of moving homes it's yeah like, where are we going to shoot at are we going to go out to seattle have to find childcare during that time yeah you know if we do it at our house what's that going to look like not and, only that, but it was a little intimidating because she's like, yeah, and then I want to watch you film a reel. And I was like, well, um, I get butt ass naked in my reels, but sure, like you can come watch me film the reel. Um, but she was amazing. It honestly went like better than expected. I thought like I felt like we had really good chemistry yeah. talking and like she is a follower, which I felt like made for a really seamless, good interview because she knew me. She knew what my page was about. It felt very authentic. And like I felt like I was able to be raw and real with her just because I knew she actually cared. And I think that showed in the article too, though, yeah. that she put out there. It was a beautiful article and the process, like I said, it's just, yeah. it's, it's surreal. It's all happened and it's going to be on stands, I believe in March. Yeah. And that's, what's cool. It's like, I can't wait stands. to have the hard copy. Like, I think that's, what's going to make it really real. But the funniest part about this guys is like the process leading up to this, like we knew it was going to happen. They told us it was going to be the spring article, but what they didn't tell us is when it was going to get published. So the way me and Jared actually found out was <laughs> our local news station reached out via email and they're like, Hey, we saw your article and we would love to feature you in like an upcoming news segment. And I was like, um, so the article must have gone live and we yeah. had no idea, which is crazy because up until that point, we got a ton of communication from like the Seattle <laughs> Met team and then they just like didn't tell us it went live. The follow-ups are crazy. I, I work yeah. in media too, so I'm used to it, but seeing the follow-ups they had over questions and all Yeah, that. guys, like once you do the interview, it doesn't really stop from there. They will continue and follow up via email and they have tons of like background questions. They needed three local Seattle followers to interview and luckily I had three amazing ladies that that stepped up and um, they did the interview. Uh, Janet Kim was one of them. She is actually a former coworker of Jared's. Yeah. Um, and she's been following me forever. So I kind of knew in my circle who to reach out to and who would like, you know, speak on my behalf and knew my content really well. 
But yeah, there were so many different intricacies and stuff. I'm really impressed by it all. Like journalism and that background is so cool and fascinating. And I mean, you've had features. Like Yahoo's covered you. Yep. USA Today. All... It's Yahoo. Yeah. You say Yahoo. I know. You get on me that all. <laughs> yeah. Yahoo. I'm going to say Yahoo. And she's like, no, it's Yahoo. I don't know. You guys let us know. I think it's Yahoo. Or Yahoo. No, it's Yahoo. We'll figure that out. It's fine. I've been so I've been in Yahoo. Yeah. I've also been in USA Today. But it's different. Like yeah. those were digital pieces and it was great. Those it was were awesome. super easy though, too, you guys. Like that was a Zoom call. It was like 15 minutes. This one was much more formal. Like she came to her house. It was a two-hour interview. We sat down. Then after that, we forgot to mention the photographer came to our house. Yes. So we just bought a home. And luckily, because we just bought a home, we didn't have any furniture in the home, which made it like the ideal place to actually shoot this. So he shows up with all of his equipment. He was so amazing. He was fantastic. Huge backdrop. You guys use all of. I actually felt like a model. Like, I'm not kidding. Like the way this was set up and done, it was so professional. They needed how many outfits did I have to set out the night before? The stressful part was, guys. Okay, so keep in mind, we're moving. Everything is boxed up. So like. I am already stressed out about finding outfits, but then they tell me in the middle of December while I'm shooting all my holiday campaigns, they want a spring wardrobe. I'm like, excuse me, ma'am. I don't know where any of my spring clothes are. And the timeline that they gave me, I didn't even really have time to go out and shop for new things, nor where where was I going to find spring clothes in the middle of December? So, I mean, luckily I have a shopping addiction, so it wasn't <laughs> that much of an issue, but it definitely was challenging. I threw together some looks really quickly. Um, one of my favorite photos though, ended up being like a December looking dress. It was like a Christmas dress. I was like, hey, can I throw this in? It was the black sparkly dress um, and the bottom is covered in fur. I was like, I just feel beautiful. like this is a moment. Yeah, it felt like a moment. Yeah. And like, sure enough, everyone loved that one. So I'm glad they let that outfit slip in. But yeah, there were a lot of factors. We were moving, they shot here at the house. It was crazy. I feel like you kind of knew this going into it. I really downplayed how big of a moment this was and a milestone in my career. But like, since this article has gone live, I've had a lot of people reaching out to me, including like local news. And so that's the next thing is in two days from now, um, our local news station has actually come to our house and they are shooting a whole segment on me, which like, honestly, like I'm super nervous, duh, because it's TV, which I felt like I really liked the article because I was able to be in my comfort zone. Like they came to me, you know, they interviewed me. I was in my comfy cozies, but now I'm like going to be on screen camera. You're going to do great. You're on, you're on screen. Yeah, but on, it's your, my, on your phone. <laughs> it's in my controls on my iPhone. I get to edit it. It's just a different. You got this. We yeah. watched a sample of their work. They do a really good yeah. job. So you're going to, you're going to knock that out. Not only that, but like I said, like, I think it's just exciting. Cause like I grew up watching this new station. Like for me, this is crazy that they're going to be featuring a piece on me. So a lot of things have been happening. And then on top of that, we moved into a new home and we're still trying to settle into a new home. I feel like we can jump into the new house on a totally different day though. Yeah, that's a whole nother aspect we'll get into because this is our, our really first time as a couple moving. And buying a home together. And buying a home together. And not only that, you guys, it came together in like less than 40 days, this. It yeah. didn't, um, this was not planned, um, but I'm so glad it happened. because yeah. All like, during the holidays too. <laughs> yep, all during, you know what? We just love the chaos. Yeah. Like we thrive off of it, so. The chaos just keeps going because now it's like, it is time for enrollment for 
our daughter's school. <gasps> yeah, that's the other thing. So I obviously, if you follow me over on Instagram on stories, I was sharing that we're touring schools for our soon to be kindergartner, which I cannot believe we have a kindergartner. It's so sad. Um, selfishly, like we want to hold her back because she's technically a July birthday. So she could either be older in her class or younger. But ultimately, Maisie is showing signs that like she is fully ready for full day school. So now we're at the precipice as parents. Like we have to make the big decision. Are we sending her to private or public? Which I know I was getting a lot of questions in my DMs. Like, what do you mean you're shopping for school? So I kind of wanted to talk through that if you are, you know, parents listening, because I think you have a lot more options than you think you do. And you don't know that until you talk to other parents in your community. So that's exactly what we're doing right now. Um, so you want to tell them a little bit yeah. about like our decision with private versus public? I think just the background, we live in a school district. There's like 25, over 25 elementary schools. So a lot of elementary schools. Um, there's also private options within the area. I mean, we drive a mile and we've passed four elementary schools. And I think one thing that as parents, like you want to make sure you're making the right decision. You're sending your kid there for six plus hours out of the day. What's going to be the right decision between homeschooling, private school, public school? And we really have leaned into a few different areas. And we did that tour of the private school yesterday. And what, what were your thoughts on that? So I went in thinking like, hands down, this is where we're going to be sending our girls. Like I, you know, I really like the values of a private school. I really like the safety. I, I won't lie to you guys. I wasn't even considering private schools, but obviously being parents in this day and age safety is top concern and so for me i felt like you know well if the parents are like paying for school like there's just going to be an element of safety there that's not there in the public schools so for me ultimately private school came down down to that decision was safety after we went to the open house they did a great job i just think i didn't feel the sense of community i thought i was gonna feel there i felt very different from the other parents like that's just like ultimately what it came down to we're very involved in our actual community right now our daughter's involved in a lot of sports in our our local city and i feel so involved with the parents and i think that's what's hard is knowing that like our daughter could go to school with those parents that i've already made relationships with so then to put myself in a situation where i don't know any of the parents i don't know it's yeah. awkward it's formal i just i don't know maybe i'm more laid back than that but i don't know if i'm built for private school well even to set up play dates some of those families could be 40 minutes from where we live and i think my big thing we both went to public school yeah. you know i could walk to my public school ride my bike me and my friends literally after school would go play together. And there is that sense of when we say community it is, we have those friendships built where we live right now that they get off school. They can literally go ride bikes with their friends right there. And I think there is that aspect. We know the private school has all the resources. They have the safety. Um, but at the end of the day, making sure, you know, it makes sense is to be a part of our community and grow within that as well. Yeah. So the funny part is Jarrett went to public school. It sounds like the good old days. Um, Jarrett is a little <laughs> bit older than me. He's seven years older and I went to public school, but that was not my experience. Yeah. So this is where it gets into talking about shopping for schools a little bit, because I grew up with two parents that actually open enrolled me in a school that was all the way across town. So although I went to public, my parents definitely shopped public school options. And I feel like that's becoming a lot more normal lately whether the school district will let you do that or not i don't know that's up to you um and where you live but like jared said earlier we have a lot of public schools just in our city alone you say 23 there's over 25 that's insane like so for us to be limited to just one we're like no so we're touring the public schools we're calling i guess the best advice i've actually gotten from like 
fellow moms is, you know, go on the Facebook pages, you know, talk to the parents from the school, talk to the teachers, ask to get a tour of the school. And if they're not giving tours, then they should be offering an open house. If they say no to either of those two, two options, that's not a school you want to send your kids to because any school should be open arms wanting you to come through, see the classroom, talk to the teachers. So I think now since it's not that the private school tour didn't go well, I just didn't really vibe with the experience. Now we're considering a couple options close to home. And I think like in the event that we end up sending her to a school that's outside our bounds, um, I think it's just a matter of seeing if the school will allow it. They, or not. they have opportunities for that. Yeah. And overall, it's like, you know, I, the best advice I think we also got was a school can test great, but you also want to see the parent involvement. So yeah, yeah, they may test great, but if the parents aren't involved, the PTA is lacking a little bit, it won't be the great community experience. And that's what we, you know, we go to the Facebook pages, we've seen certain schools that they're posting every other day of what's going on, the calendar information, while others haven't been updated for the last three or four years. And it's uh, it's good to get the feedback, just doing our due diligence, because we do have a lot of options. I know some people don't have as many, but since we have it, we might as well look into yeah, ultimately, I think I went in thinking my number one goal was safety, and obviously that always is, but definitely the school that's going to stand apart from the others is going to be the ones that has the parent involvement. I think last night, Jarrett was most impressed by one of the schools in particular where like the Facebook page was being updated every single day. And as extreme planners like we are, <laughs> that sort of stuff is super valuable to us. And it just like really speaks to the community. Guys, I think I also had a light bulb moment too. Like when I was sitting in like the auditorium for this open house, like I fucking hated school. So I'm like, why am I going to sit here and send my daughter to like what I think is the best, most elite school when I fucking hated it? Like I just like that's just truthfully like she may not have this experience where she's like, oh, I love school. So why am I going to pour in so much like time, <laughs> money for her to just be like, mm, this is stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I was overthinking it. And with our kids, I think it's really easy to overthink things. But I just had to put myself back in Maisie's shoes. And like at the end of the day, I just want a teacher that makes me feel cared for, where I feel safe and where, you know, like I have a chance to play with my friends. And I think it ultimately comes down to community a little bit more. And I had that light bulb moment yesterday. Like it doesn't need to be perfect as parents. We obviously want things to be perfect, but like that's just not life. So we're working. We uh, enrollments, open houses are all coming. We can update it. As we go, but um, decisions to be made, I think we'll have one fairly soon. Yeah, I just can't believe we're already at the point in parenthood where we're sending our kid to school. But also, I think we're like kind of excited about that. <laughs> I know there's two sides. It's like you said, our, our baby girl, like we love spending time with her, but yeah. at the same time, like you guys, we're so lucky. Like, obviously, we're two parents that work from home. And so we've had the privilege of seeing our little girls every single day while we work, even if we're working there here, they're yeah. at the house. And that has been just such a blessing, but to know that we're closing that chapter and Maisie now is gonna be gone from like nine to three o'clock. We're like, so we don't get to see her playing princesses in the playroom while we're like sending off emails. It's just, it is a hard, I don't wanna talk about it because I might cry. She's ready. Maisie's ready. For Maisie's her. ready. And that's what I have to tell myself. Like selfishly, I'd love to have her here. Maybe she could do half day kindergarten, but like Maisie is ready. And we don't know if that's going to be the same for a second. You know, Blakely is just about to start half day preschool. It's not even half day. It's two hours. It's a grocery store run. Yeah. And then go pick her up. <laughs> it's like drop her off, come home, do some laundry, and then go pick her up. So Blakely's about to start that chapter of her life. And like, you know, Blakely may be a totally different kid. Like she might, she may need to like 
stay back or like may need to do half day kindergarten. Every kid is going to look really different. So we just really have been tuning into like, is Maisie ready for this next step? And she is, even though I'm not. I know. I we'll know. be okay. I know we will be okay. <laughs> all right. So we got through all of the school stuff. We'd like to look a little bit more into pop culture because there's some fun stuff happening this week. Yeah. And like, obviously, as you guys know, on Instagram, I love talking everything pop culture, but I also like to get Jarrett's takes on things. So we're always going to try and focus on a little bit of pop culture before we end the episodes, uh, just because it's fun. Yeah. So actually, Jarrett and I, funny enough, we went to go see the Barbie movie on a date night. It was a date night. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like overall, like while I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is different. But I wasn't really like familiar with Greta Gerwig and like her style of directing. But when I left the movie theater, I was like, it was one of those movies where like you can't forget it and the impact because you're left just questioning everything. So I think we both felt like a deep sense of like impact from that movie, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, I obviously went into the movie like, hey, my wife wants to go see this. I'll go see it, some big name stars. And oh, I, when he says big name stars, he means his number one crush, Margot Robbie. Yeah, okay. It's Ryan fine because Ryan Gosling's in it. So Ryan it's like, Gosling's right up honestly, there. Honestly, they did that so well. Like, if you're going to put her in a movie, like, to put Ryan Gosling alongside, I was like, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it was, I just, like, it was a, such a good take on the Barbie doll that we all grew up with that our daughters are currently playing with. It was a fun movie. I thought they did it perfectly. Yeah, it was funny too. Not enough yeah. people talk about how funny it was. I, it was just generally like there's some movies you go to the theater and you walk out and you're like, that was a great theater experience. La La Land, right? oh another God. Ryan Gosling movie. But like you walk out of the theater like, that's a great experience. Yeah. And I thought that for Barbie. And that's where I think it's a little wild that of all this, like Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie. So that's what I wanted to touch on. But before we do, um, I think the reason like Barbie was so amazing is like the impact it had on our conversations. Like, you know, something's a good movie when you leave and you constantly find yourself in day to day life, like bringing it up or talking about it. Like that's when, you know, a movie has made an impact and this one has. So it is very frustrating. News just came out today that Ryan Gosling is nominated for an Oscar while Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie have been snubbed. They both weren't nominated for anything not like a lead director role, not lead actress, but I'm just Ken is up for a nomination. Ryan Gosling did put out a statement. I think it might've been on his Instagram. I think he phrased it amazing. He's quite literally a perfect human. I don't understand it. Like he is just very in tune with what's necessary for like women. And like, he understands the impact of the Barbie movie, which is like so critical. If you're going to be a part of this big film to understand like what it actually encapsulates and means to women. Um, what was your take on it? Like when you heard what, what were your thoughts? I want to get it from a male perspective. Yeah. Like what were your thoughts? Uh, well, a male perspective is just like, it was a great movie. I don't know how a movie that you come out with being talked about so, so much, and there's so much positive impact from it, how you snub the two females from it. And exactly, it's cinema playing out in real life. Like, exactly what they were talking about happened. And as a dad to two girls, too, like, it's hard because that movie is so impactful, so empowering. Like, girls can really set out to do whatever Anything, they want to be. Yeah. And then again, we hear in real life, we're like, wait but you're holding people back again. And the nice thing is though, we're in a day and age where people recognize it and they're calling, calling it out. It they're out. not putting Thank up with God. it anymore. And even the co-star Ryan Gosling, he's speaking up for it as well. And it's just, it's nice that we live in a day and age, especially as a dad to two girls, like they can go do anything, be anything. And if not, 
it'll get called out like, hey, that's not right. I just like, part of me has to wonder like, is this intentional? Is this a backlash from the Golden Globes and they're mad about what happened? Because like the irony of this is way too much. Like they're literally taking what the film was about, everything it stood for and it's playing out in real time where like literally I'm just Ken is being nominated. But Greta Gerwig who directed and created this is like not even being recognized. It, it feels like an intentional snub. And it's just like, again, like you think we're making a difference. It's 2024. You think we've made all these huge steps and it's just a huge slap in the face. I don't know. I, I don't think I really expressed this to you. Or maybe I did a little bit, but like I really did take that whole, it was his name, Joe Coy, who yeah. hosted. I took that whole monologue that really impacted me. Like that really hurt. Like, I don't know if I showed it, but like that whole week after, like with what I do online and, you know, you know, I focus on like empowering women and making them feel confident. I was like, holy shit, does none of this matter? It just like, and you know, he like tried to like brush it off on like, oh, you know, my writers wrote that. Oh, I only had a week. And if I've learned anything in the last couple of weeks with like working with like media outlets and stuff is like, no one has time. Like everything is happening super fast your writers knew better you knew better not only that but he was he dated uh chelsea handler and chelsea handler is a huge feminist so i'm kind of like um girlfriend like what were you dating like all of it is just it's perplexing it's sad and it's defeating as a girl mom because i'm like it just really validates all my feelings of why what i do matters because my girls need to know that like they have to not only kick ass in this life they have to like supersede it just to get the bare recognition yeah i mean i think ryan gosling said it best there is no ken without barbie and Duh. like like there you yeah. go right there our girls like said I, I hope they take away from that movie at the end of the day there's awards there's nominations but like it is such a powerful movie that i, I mean it shaped the culture like it had such an impact and i just like that's where like i know obviously you can't go back on nominations they can't do anything by it but yeah, I don't know. It, I would be lying if I didn't say I was sad or I wasn't affected by this because I guess, like you said, the positive part is that people are speaking out and they're saying this is fucked up. But at the same time that we're still here in 2024 having to say this is fucked up is just like exhausting. I don't know. It's so weird. But I am grateful that like we are seeing like really big male figures like speaking out and i think like the statements ryan have made have been great and even his reaction at the golden globes like i think said enough for everything so they really just casted that entire cast so perfectly because everyone gets it and yeah. everyone understands the impact and at least there's that i'm a really big fan of her work now i'm excited to see what else she puts out i also saw something on tiktok this is being nominated not as an original screenplay but um what's the word for it an adaptation oh because of the, the and toy. people are mad about that because they're like okay so open oppenheimer oppenheimer, yeah. oppenheimer would be considered adaptive because they literally took a script and then rewrote it barbie was just handed a barbie and greta gerwin came up with this concept so they're already minimizing what the movie wow. is just by the simple nomination in itself so all of it is just like really icky i don't like it i'm like really not okay with it <laughs> I just hope, like, again, powerful movies coming out. We had, like, yeah. a, not as many good movies have been out. And it's nice to have a year like this year where we've yeah. had it and look forward to more. 
Yeah. I think the coolest, we talk about this really frequently, but like, this is where people like to shit on like millennials and Gen Z, but me and Jared are like millennials, Gen Z, like, I think we're like a great generation and people really like undermine that because like we are the ones speaking out being like on TikTok and Instagram being like, hey, this isn't cool. And like these conversations wouldn't be happening for us. So I just know like I feel like for some reason people love to shit on millennials and Gen Z, but I am grateful because I can see the little bit of progress that has been made through our generations because we are speaking out on like absurd things like this. So, I mean, there are silver linings, but it definitely is a punch to the gut for sure. Yeah. But not to end on such a sad note. Originally, like I said, I created the podcast, so this feels like a FaceTime, like, with my besties. So if you guys have anything you want to hear from me and Jarrett, like, feel free to let us know. You know, let us know your thoughts on this episode. I know we want to dive deeper into more, like, complex issues, but we also just, like, want to have fun and recap our weeks, too. I think my favorite part of being on TikTok and Instagram is having the conversations in my DMs with you guys. Because truly, like, you guys feel like family and friends to us, so... I don't know. This is just fun. I'm really excited. Yeah. I can't believe we're here. I know. You say you said a date. You're like, we're gonna get this by January. And we did and it. We did it. By Guys, January. and I'll have you know our um producer is here, Sabrina. And like the craziest part about this is like Obviously, I put out into the world like, yeah, I wanted to do a podcast, but she just happened to slide into my DMs. She had no idea that this was like something I had on my heart that I wanted to do. And then I was like, yeah, and I also have this firm deadline. I want to turn this around in like a week. Can we make this possible? And she did. And she's here. And we're so excited. And I just like, yeah. It's just a reminder to go for it. Like it reminds me like you went for it. You showed up every day. Sabrina just she messaged us and it was like the perfect fit. Like here exactly we were timing this and it worked out well. And there's so many moments where it's just like, just go for it. Just do it. I'm seeing it in what you've done. Yeah, you always have to remind me that though. Like you guys, my first reel that I ever posted on Instagram, it ain't pretty. It's so cringy, but like, you just have to show up and do these things imperfectly because you're not always going to get perfect. I was comparing myself to like these big podcasters, which really nice like backdrops and really cool mics and lighting. And like, we're just sitting in our living room. So like, you just have to start somewhere. You have to hit record because otherwise you're never going to do it. And now I'm here doing it. And it's just, it feels so full circle because you guys, I literally named my name of my handles, Shelby Say What, with the vision of one day having the Shelby Say What podcast. Um, So this definitely is feeling meant to be. And I'm so excited for more. Yay. Okay, well, I think that's it for this episode. Let us know in the comments what you guys want to hear next time. We're so open to any suggestions or feedback. And we'll talk to you next time on Shelby Say What.